Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Reverend Blake Ruby from San Antonio. How are you? Welcome to my show, Church of the Soul's Evolution. I was just thinking about the power that exists out there that rotates this world on its axis, revolves it around the sun, and that's only one solar system out of many, and one galaxy out of many, that power. Don't you think that power is able to deliver us from anything that we're going through right now? Only that God made a promise to us. The mother and father God said that I give you free will when you come to earth, when you're born on this planet. And I won't interfere with your free will. But Mother and Father God and the Supreme Creator of the universe, you know, our Mother and Father God, our co-creator gods of our solar system, and the sun is the matrix of the solar system, it's the spirit world. Not only does it provide heat and light to this planet, but also it provides that energy to rotate our planet on its axis and revolve it around itself. And even more than that, it's the home of the spirit where you were born. Might not have been this sun in particular, but maybe another sun, depending on whether or not you're a mystic traveler, an old soul that's traveled around the universe, being born on other planets, had past lives. In your soul's journey, and it's evolution. Because the spirit, uh, let me put this to you logically. Tell me if this sounds logical or not. Your spirit is made of light energy. You have a spirit, first of all. All those people that believe that they have a spirit in their body, raise their hands, please. Okay, those that didn't raise their hands, why don't you think you have a spirit in your body? Do you dream at night? And when you dream, do you remember seeing some things in your dreams? Places that you went to, people that you met? Well, how could that be when your eyes were closed? Because you have a spirit in your body. You got to check out my book in the Amazon Kindle bookstore. It's called The Gray Brain and the Golden Soul. The Gray Brain and the Golden Soul. Well, that's scary stuff, isn't it? But that's the truth, my friends. We have to be brave in this world. Born into this world, all the souls born into planet Earth are brave souls. Because it's a planet of a lower evolutionary category. What does that mean? It means that on the scale of one to nine, it's a number one. And to describe that a little bit further, it means, or explain that a little bit further, it means that here in this world, we learn basic social values. Learn to love each other. Over the centuries, have we had not a lot of fighting and killing and wars going on? Anybody disagree with that? I see a ladybug. There's a ladybug calling on my screen. News for you. Spring has sprung here in South Texas. Maybe not up north. You know, North Dakota, South Dakota. Maybe some of the other states up there, Ohio, Kentucky. I've lived in Ohio before. 
Cleveland and Bowling Green, three years each. And, of course, I was born and raised in Canada. Anyone who's listened to my previous radio shows, I might have mentioned it on one of them. Born in Barrie, Ontario. I lived in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Two places in Fredericton, New Brunswick, Fredericton and Oromocto, and the capital, Ottawa. For a total of 17 years altogether, before we moved from there on the cold January night, 1971, me and my parents, I moved to Guadalajara, Mexico, 600 miles south of the American-Mexican border. It was, yes, a cold January night in 1971. We packed up our 1963 Pontiac with our two cats. Mom and Dad and me, my sister, well, she moved away from home at 17. One reason was because Dad was an alcoholic, and she had enough of him. And But, you know, I'm so grateful that God allowed both my parents to live as long as they did. 81 years old, they lived to be, even though they drank and smoked. Let me say... Right now, hold everything. God, creator of the universe, mother and father. I was in the most highest. Thank you for your help in my life and seeing me through some difficult times, too. How many of you out there were rebellious when you were young, when you were a child, and when you were a teenager, when you got your driver's license? Did you used to hang out with a wild crowd? I was a wild child. I'm not afraid to admit it, but it helped get me to where I am today, I think. Things happen for a reason, don't they? And a lot of maybe what you're thinking about could be blamed on our parents. Very simply, our parents shape and mold us so that we can be kind of like clones of them, true or not, during our lifetimes. And we're under their influence, just like maybe under the influence of alcohol or drugs. We're under the influence of our parents. I never realized that even more than when my parents passed away. Even though I was very sad and I went into mourning for a period of time, I felt free in a way. On the other hand... I couldn't pick up the phone and talk with my mother like I used to all the time. And my dad, he was usually in the background. He would say, hello, Blake, you know, love you and all that kind of stuff. But when they passed away, I was alone for the first time in my life. Even though I've got my sister and I've got my son, I've got my wife. But back then, that was 1999. And it was an interesting time, to say the least. But my point was, we need to thank our parents and be very respectful of them, but we should realize that we are under their influence. They influence our thoughts and our actions. And yes, we should be fully responsible for our actions when we reach the age of 18 or 21, depending on where we live. But when are we truly responsible for our actions? I submit to you that we're not truly responsible for our actions until our parents, both of them, have passed away. 
And I don't mean that in a negative way whatsoever. Don't misinterpret me, please. I'm just stating that as far as their influence over us and our thoughts and our actions, when they do pass away, and I'm so grateful. Again, I can't say it enough minutes. I can't say it enough times for my life with my parents, especially the last few years where I get a chance to bond with them really well. And our parents are, I'm a parent right now. It's an incredible thing to be a parent, you know, to be a father for my son who lives in Burbank, California. Bryce, if you're out there listening, Bryce, call BBS Radio and we'll talk. We can talk about Jesus. We can talk about God. And I was talking with my son earlier this afternoon, and I was mentioning to him how a lot of people are going to hell nowadays, I believe, because there's so many people out there that don't believe in God. They don't believe in God. Isn't that amazing? All this creation around us. A son that revolves this planet around it. It looks like the sun sets and rises, but actually it's a little plane. That power, there's a power that exists. You can call it what you want, gravity or whatever. But that power was put into place by the original supreme creator of the universe when he, she, because the creator is both the male and female, initiated the Big Bang many billions and billions of years ago. And the universe began forming itself, and here we are. And the Milky Way, which is comparatively, compared to the other galaxies that are out there, a new, a relatively new galaxy, even though it's 100,000 light years across. And we are on a spiral arm of the Milky Way galaxy, our little solar system, and our even smaller planet, a beautiful blue planet, which is really huge in this world. And know that, you know, if you want to travel from San Antonio, where I live, to New York, and then over to London, and London to Moscow, and Moscow to, let's say, um, Sydney, Australia, and over to Lima, Peru, and my hand from there back to San Antonio. That's a long way, you know. Thousands and thousands of miles, but compared to how far we are from the center of the universe, wow. So we're really a part of an amazing situation, you know. The creator of the universe is out there, my friend. It only takes someone with the intellect, the intelligence, to be able to communicate with him or her. You can do it. All you have to do is talk as if you're talking to the creator of the universe. You have to, first of all, understand what the creator looks like. It's the same thing with the mother and father God. That's not too hard because they were like us at one time, living their lives on planets around the universe, going through that reincarnation cycle until they achieve that level of perfection where 
they were able to create in accordance with the forces and cosmic rays of the universe, their own planets in a patch of infinite space. How about that? You like that? A patch of infinite space out there. Create their own solar system. The sun, of course, you know. Planets, moons. Their children. It's easy to do when you know how, but you have to work your way up. Just like a lot of things in this world, as you can imagine. You know, we go through school to the 12th grade and then go to university and get a master's degree or a PhD afterwards. And the learning really never stops. But it's the same kind of principle. You have to go through that fire to purify your soul. Read my book, The Great Brain and the Golden Soul in the Amazon Kindle Bookstore. It's free, you know. 80 pages of pure spirituality that will blow your mind, so to speak. And I talk about what I just mentioned, the creation of the universe, our spirit parents, the supreme creator, who the devil is, who Jesus was, angels, the different types of angels, the different types of extraterrestrials, anti Gravity and electromagnetism. The spirit. What happens when we die? Lots of good chapters there, 30 of them. Which I've learned most of it from other people. So why can't you learn it from me? I was talking about the creator of the universe can deliver us from anything. And what he looks like, too. He, she looks like. The creator of the universe can't really put a face, one particular face on the creator of the universe, in my opinion, because you have to consider all the sentient life out there and living on other planets in other solar systems and other galaxies. Humanoid, most of them, you know, different color eyes, big eyes, small eyes, slanted eyes, different color skin, different ears different heights, different shapes, different sizes. And then there's the kind which aren't so humanoid, you know? Thousands and thousands of them out there. But the creator of the universe created them all, or at least made the blueprint for them, if you will, you know, in the mind of the creator. And the creator's mind... DC envisioned everything that would happen, all, everything that exists, has existed and will exist, was in the mind of the Creator at the beginning when, before the universe was created. I think by a gigantic explosion, the will of the Creator was put into effect, was implemented by the Big Bang, and the universe began forming itself, one solar system after another, and one galaxy after another. And that's part of the plan of the Supreme Creator. But more than that, what the Creator wants, in my opinion, more than anything, what the Creator desires, is a very simple word that you know about, growth. 
grows. We were born as babies, yet we don't remember, do we? Do you, do you remember when you were born? Probably not. I don't either. I can remember when I was two years old. So I just remember that movie Platoon when the staff sergeant, they were going to beat him up because he killed, um, what was that sergeant's name? You know, because he wasn't um, obeying him, you know, following his orders. And Elias, Sergeant Elias. And he said to them, well, we could say the same thing about growth. What do you know about growth? Huh? You out there listening, what do you know about growth? Well, personally speaking, I was a baby one time, and now I'm almost 70 years old. So I've achieved a lot of growth, I think. So all that growth that I've achieved and that you achieved and we all achieve in our lifetimes, it's like a drop of water that goes into the ocean of God, the creator of the universe's spirit. And that way, the creator experiences a type of growth if you will, that she didn't have before the physical universe was born, so to speak. I've only heard one person who has made contact with the creator of the universe, and she described it, he, she, (laughs) all those pronouns as like an aurora borealis. An electrical field, a being, an electrical being, energy, omnipotent, an omniscient being. Hold on just a second there. You know what omnipotent means? That means the power to do anything. That's a hard thing to comprehend, isn't it? Anything. Create all this life here on Earth for millions of times. I have lots of fish in the ocean, seas, rivers, and lakes. Over 10,000 birds, 10,000 reptiles, 9,000 amphibians, 5,000 mammals, different types, all with eyes, most of them with eyes. You know how complicated it is to make an eye? Eagle eyes, fish eyes, snake eyes. What else? Whale eyes. Praying mantis eyes and anti fly eyes. They can all see, I think. And for all the life here on Earth, the supreme creator of the universe, if you believe and think she wasn't just an accident. And even if it was an accident, logically, couldn't it happen by accident anywhere in the universe? On another planet? You know there are other planets out there, right? You're smart. You know that. There's other planets out there, right? We're discovering them all the time. Ah, my son is listening. What about the eye on the dollar bill? Good point. Well, if the Creator can create all this life on Earth, if the Creator has the power to create all this life on Earth. Now, isn't it logical 
and rational to believe that with that kind of power, that omnipotent power, that the Creator could create either the same or different lives anywhere around the universe? Isn't that logical? Are you a logical person? I think you are, or striving to be, you know, in this world with the rapidly changing technology and things improving and people getting smarter, you know, I watch people on television, on news, and they're brilliant, brilliant people, you know. And there is a challenge for us to get smarter, stronger, and that's what we want to do, right? Because it makes us feel better about ourselves. Intellect. All these wars that we've had in the past, like the wars that are going on right now, are because people don't have the intellect to resolve their differences peacefully. And also, the creator of the universe is omniscient. You know, that means it means the creator can say, "I know everything. I know everything." We can't say that, obviously. Only the creator can say that. Even our mother and father God in heaven can't say that because they're co-creator gods going through that process of purification, their soul's journey from one lifetime to another, all these different planets. You wait till you get to heaven. You'll see they've got some pretty, believe it or not, cool technology in heaven. They've got heavenly computers, you know, as it is on earth, as it is in heaven. So it is on earth as it is in heaven. And there'll be lots of opportunity besides mingling with the billions of people there. You start after you get to the spirit realms and the afterlife and enjoy the, the time there and get to reacquaint yourself with the way things were before you were born on this planet, then you can start thinking about your next life if you so desire to be born on another planet and continue your soul's journey of evolution. And these heavenly computers can help you pick exactly what you need. Maybe you want to go back to a more evolutionary type. And maybe it helps people that are going through a difficult time, perhaps in the medieval age or the stone age, and be a martyr like Jesus, who showed up 2,000 years ago and the world was in a pretty sorry state of affairs, you know? There was a lot of killing going on back then, raping, sexual immorality of the worst kind, war and killing, obviously. And the time was ripe for divine intervention of a very special kind. Therefore, enter Jesus, born in Bethlehem, the baby. Up above his manger was an extraterrestrial probe that was rendered luminous and shone a light down on the stable. Anybody else got a better explanation on that as to how that light, that light, how that light shone down on the stable? Because you know, heavenly bodies are constantly in motion, 
Didn't mean to burst your bubble, but that's the truth. A heavenly body cannot stop. It is constantly in motion, so it can, couldn't have been a star. Couldn't have been a planet. Anyway, there's a lot you need to know if you don't already know about extraterrestrial intervention in our past. May I recommend a book called Chariots of the Gods by Eric Von Daniken? And he lays it out in pretty simple terms, giving many, many, many examples, including in the Bible, of how we have had extraterrestrial intervention in our past during the biblical times, even before that in Egypt, the pyramids were built with extraterrestrial help, you know, all those 50 ton blocks were not moved by men with ropes and logs, contrary to what some people think, or maybe don't even think, they just take it for granted. All around the world, the Incas had extraterrestrial um, extraterrestrial contacts, as well as the Mayans, the people living on Easter Island, you know, those statues were erected actually to in respect and admiration for the extraterrestrial species they were in contact with. So they had anti-gravity electromagnetic capability back then shared, shared with them by the ETs. And it's an amazing thing. And as it happens every once in a while, the Earth went through some major cataclysms. Continents submerged, other continents raised up new continents out of the oceans. Tsunamis swept the face of the Earth. A thousand feet high waves. Volcanoes exploding in different places, spewing their ashes into the atmosphere, blocking out the sunlight, creating storms with wind speeds in excess of 300 miles an hour. Suffice it to say, it was very difficult to survive in those times. That was about 15,000 years ago when it last happened, and guess what? It's about time for it to happen again. I'm going to take a drink of water. Then there is a time in the past when Earth was hit by a huge asteroid. That's another way that the Earth has stopped rotating on its axis before. Basically, when the Earth is rotating on its axis, all heck breaks loose around the planet, earthquakes everywhere. It's a total reshaping of the surface, and usually the axis tilts and it starts rotating at a different number of degrees. Right now, it's 23 degrees tilted. But if it were to happen again, it would be maybe nothing that problem. I don't know, but no one would survive. Very, it's very, it's possible some people would survive, but it would be very difficult. Uh, maybe since the last time, some did survive. Plus, there have been ETs that have been landing here on Earth. 
contrary to what some people may think, the first human beings on planet Earth were from a planet in our Milky Way galaxy called, are you ready for this? It's a cool name. Bacchurini. Does that ring a bell? Bacchurini. A black race and a yellow race. In other words, Asian. In other words, Asian. The black race settled in Australia, and the aboriginal race kind of descended from them. The yellow race, the Asians settled in China, Burma, India. And then there were ETs that came and settled in a continent known in the past as Atlantis, which went underneath the ocean when they had those last cataclysms. And the same thing in the Pacific Ocean, there was a civilization, a continent known as Mu or Lemuria in the southern, southern Pacific Ocean. And they had some very advanced technology. They were an extremely developed civilization. They had anti-gravity electromagnetic capabilities and their vehicles that they used to transport themselves around the world, spaceships. And so we had kind of start again, you know, after the last reshaping of the Earth's surface. And I'd be, let me take back what I said. I think there were some people that did survive, you know, because it wasn't totally all everything destroyed on the surface of the earth in some areas. Take like in Tiwanaku in Peru. At one time, and and you can check this out on the internet, they found some fossils, some artifacts that told them at one time they were at sea level and then they were 7,000 feet above sea level because the earth had raised up that high during the reshaping of the surface of the earth. And that's not hard to believe, is it? Because when you consider some of the big mountains around the world, like Mount Everest, you know, which are maybe four or five miles up into the sky, then you know this how high some land can get. But it's hard to imagine when you think about the reshaping of the Earth's surface. Anyway, let me change the subject. Today I went out and I wanted to vote. I wanted to go to the primary because they've got early voting. You know, Super Tuesday is coming up in March. It's one more week of February, right? And I drove around, went to the place where I usually have voted before, and I took it for granted that there would be someone there, but there was a library, and it was not being used today for early voting. So I saw a sign that said the address of place in elementary school, which I knew based on the name of the road. So I had to drive around. I finally found it, but it wasn't there either. I looked at my cell phone. Okay, early voting locations. And uh, I thought, well, wait. Instead, I'll call my wife and ask her where to go. And she said, Southwest High School. Either at the high school or the elementary school right next to it. So I drove there, but it wasn't in either place. I came back home, but I still have a lot of time. I got all next week 
So anyway, who am I going to vote for? I'll tell you right now. I'm going to vote for President Trump. I would like to vote for Nikki Haley because I really, really, really would like a woman president. I think America needs a woman president. The world needs a woman president in America, in the USA, because, well, what was that? I saw something out there in the woods. Oh, there's people, people moving out in the woods behind our house. Anyway, Nikki Haley, I like her. She's very cute. She's beautiful. She's very intelligent. But Donald Trump, I've got to tell you, I've dreamt about him three times. Now, the last time, last time I remember very clearly what happened. So I told a few people about it. And if you're an interpreter of dreams, maybe you can interpret this. I don't know. Still don't know what it means. But as I mentioned before in previous radio shows, I'm a vegan, mostly 99.5% vegan. and have been since 1999. And I did it for health reasons, I think, more than anything. And anyway, during the dream, I sat down at this table. When I, I mentioned I've dreamed about Donald Trump two times before. It always seems like we're sitting at a table. And I sat down, and there was a plate in front of me. And there was two things on the plate. I don't remember what the other thing was, but... And... I don't know what they want. Probably wants to paint also, but I remember seeing the bone and chucking kind of like hammock, you know? And I picked it up and started eating it. And then Mr. Trump said, oh, that belongs to somebody else. And I said, oh, okay, I'll stop eating And he said, okay. And that was the dream. Do you know what that means? But more than that, more than voting for him, excuse me, more than dreaming of him three times before it seems brother I understand the way he's feel, you know I saw a guy on TV today he said I'm more a Trump defender than a Trump supporter because of all the things that have been going on some people can be so mean you know all these millions of dollars no way do I think that they're justified you know especially Gene Carroll Gene Carroll 500 million for this defamation, you know, and that's, that's too much. That's way, way, way too much in excess. And it wouldn't have happened if it was a Republican administration. Now, did he sexually assault her? I don't think so. I think it was consensual. They were what? And come on. I mean, it's not like so they thought we had sex or something close to it. Maybe the termination, maybe he was a little bit rough with her, maybe some part about that which she didn't agree with, whatever, that she harbored a resentment over the years, many years afterwards, and maybe she was just trying to get money. You know, that's a free payday, right? All you got to do is say, you know, he sexually insulted me. Look, about, look at the woman that 
said that Brent Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her. She went on TV and put her case down, and, and so they went at it head to head. And it turned out that Brent Kavanaugh was different, my dude. You know, but listen, not so for Mr. Trump. Why do people not like him? You know, I think it's because he's not afraid to call people stupid or crazy or morons. You know, some people do need to be pushed in the right direction, you know, to do the right thing. He's a very intelligent man. And I see the good side in him, you know. He makes me laugh a lot. He used to until, you know, once he got into power back in 2016 and that Russian collusion, that whole hoax, if you ask me, if anything, it was Hillary that might have been collusion with the Russians, even though I think the Russians don't like the Democrats. The Russians tend to be more favoring the Republicans. That's why Mr. Trump and Mr. Putin got along so well together. And I think they're friends, even to this day. That's why Mr. Trump says he could stop the war in one day. Because if he's president again, the reason, the rationale behind that is, all he has to do is pick up the phone and say, Mr. Putin, my friend, we can talk about anything. Why can't we be friends with the Russians? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? We were friends with Gorbachev at one time. Remember how things were? Things were going good. I mean, we shared the International Space Station together with our combined forces, our resources, and our intellect. Just think what we could do as far as exploring the solar system and beyond, you know, other solar systems. We need the Russians. We need the Chinese. We need to pull together the human race, human beings. That's why President Reagan said at a United Nations meeting back in the late 80s, he said, you know, I just have to think that things would be different if we were under the threat of an extraterrestrial attack, you know, that would be threatening all human beings, that we would pull together as one human race, kind of like America did in 9-11, which is unfortunate, you know, but that's the way it goes. We all pull together, you know, as Democrats, Republicans, as Americans, and handled that, you know, and the patriotism was running high. We were feeling good about American values. You know what I mean? Well, the same could be said for if this world were under attack by an, a violent species, and they're not out there. Don't, don't worry about it. We have a lot of other species, take it from me, I'll tell you the truth, who are looking after our best interests, some who have been given, given guardianship of our planet, who are very, very advanced technologically and spiritually, and who can travel around the universe at several times the speed of light, go interdimensional into a parallel universe, you know, where the mode of travel in that location is by thought. These extraterrestrials have been in existence for hundreds of millions of years, longer than we have, and if they wanted to destroy Earth or wipe out the human race, they could have done it a long time ago. They have technology like you wouldn't even believe, that you couldn't even imagine just how powerful it is, you know. Our weapons wouldn't do anything to them, absolutely nothing. And the reason that they haven't is because that would go against the will of the creator of the universe, whereas 
the indigenous species to a planet are allowed to to grow and evolve on their own without too much intervention. Now, some is allowed, but they can't give us, like, the food on a silver platter, you know, that kind of thing. They can't go out of their way to help us. So that is against free will. That, that is really big with the creator, that we all have that free will. And if we make a mistake, then we have to pay the penalty. You know, if we have a nuclear war, a nuclear holocaust, then we're going to have to pay the price, you know, and there's going to be seven centuries, 700 years at least, where the planet will have to recuperate from that, you know, the radioactivity destroying, you know, all the plant and animal life and the radiation for the people who survive that. The birth defects would be horrible, horrific, you know, because we'd be forced to eat fish from the oceans, which would still have radioactivity. And birth defects, I mean, like, you know, a baby being born with a mouth in the forehead, or maybe missing an arm or a leg, that kind of thing, you know, from the radioactivity. It's real. It really is real, my friends. So... It would take several centuries to recover from a nuclear holocaust. Oh, why? Why? Because we couldn't resolve our differences peacefully, talk it over. Because we didn't do more to pursue peace. We didn't do more to try to love each other as our neighbors, like Jesus taught us to love our neighbors as ourselves. You know, I I can't think, but um, let me rephrase that. RuPaul's Drag Race, I think it's called, on TV. You know, they're transgender, gay people. And it's a very interesting show, very colorful, you know, a lot of dancing. And and these are very talented individuals. But one thing, RuPaul, who was the head in charge of all of this, you know, and she has this show. I've been having it now for a few years. And I like the freedom, allowing those people to do what they want to do. You know, people can do what they want to do behind their closed doors, you know, even out in the front. They're human beings in front of everybody. I mean, they're human beings, and they deserve to have that free will that you have, you know. And I understand some of these people because they might have a spirit of an opposite gender in their body. So it's difficult for them, you know. They're born into this world. They'd be, you know, a female spirit in a male body or a male spirit in a female body. I've seen I've seen them all the time. But some are, and the transgender, same thing. You know, they might have male and female genitalia on, on the same body, and that's nothing to be worried about or fearful about because, believe it or not, there are extraterrestrial species out there that, are also transgender, you know, they call them hermaphrodite. In fact, the ones that are monitoring us that I mentioned are the three most developed intellect, uh, most developed technically, technologically and spiritually in the Milky Way galaxy. They are one of the three most technologically and spiritually developed in the Milky Way galaxy. And they're hermaphrodite, nine feet tall. And just beautiful, beautiful beings, sentient beings, extremely, extremely, extremely intelligent. 
And their spaceships are amazing. These ones, the they're from the planet Thiaouba, T-H-I-A-O-U-B-A. And they have a spacecraft that is circular in design. It's like about 70 meters, approximately 200 feet in diam- diameter. It's like a ball where they can traverse it and go, you know, close to the speed of light. And Einstein was right when he said that. Nothing goes faster than the speed of light in the physical universe. But when you approach the light, in accordance with Einstein's theory of special relativity, time slows down and matter begins to constrict. And that energy that comes, that is applied on the exterior of the spacecraft can be harnessed, if you will, and used to then go into another dimension, also possibly with the application of electrical stimulation or some other kind of conductor. And there are wormholes, too, where they can go from one area of the universe to another, like black holes, I believe, are ways to go from one star system to another, you know, one solar system to another. No, it wouldn't be one solar system to another, one galaxy to another. So there's many things out there that we don't not, not we don't yet know about. But anyway, these extraterrestrials. And if you don't believe me, we got to read this. Is my favorite book. You got to read this book. It's called Abduction to the Ninth Planet. It will, if you read it now, they're very expensive. Actually, if you buy it from Amazon, I'm going to take a drink. They're very expensive because they're coming kind of like um, a keepsake, you know, for lack of a better way of describing them. It is chock-a-block full of spirituality and information about the universe and uh, our human beings, the nature of our being. It's an amazing... Michael Desmarc Katz was a brilliant author. And they found out when they took him to this planet, he was there for 10 days. And that apparently is the limit for someone coming from an inferior level of evolution planet to a superior level of evolution. 10 days is the maximum amount of days you can spend on that planet. And so they taught him a lot when he was there. And they gave him all this information. So when he came back, he wrote the book. And that was the goal, the objective for him to write this book and disseminate this information to whomever would pick it up and read it, you know, and for the word to get out around the world, like I'm giving it to you right now on this radio show, you know, there is an incredible amount of wonderful information regarding the universe, which I have really gleaned from so that I can tell you about everything I talk about, and it's in my book. And I could go on and on, but they said that this author, they took him on a kind of like a hypnosis trip back in time and showed him all of his previous lives, 82 total. They said that he was what they call a suku, S-O-U-K-O-U, 
to me is it's a very special soul who has been around the universe and lived many past lives. And there are some, he was one here, now he's gone. I don't know about me if I've got that many past lives under my belt, but he said he lived life, lives on other planets as fishermen, as um, farmers, as soldiers, as a soldier, a child in some continent uh, eaten by a lion. And he was a female queen one time of this one empire. Yes, another spirit, um, you know, another body, opposite sex body. It's quite common, actually, for a, as I mentioned, not necessarily, I mean, in that case where it was a male spirit in a female body, the spirit is predominantly more one, or let me rephrase that, the spirit is usually more one sex than the other. So when you pop out of your body, go into the afterlife, you'll see that you're predominantly a male spirit or female spirit, but you have a little bit of both in you, you know? Anyway, so he had lived 82 lives, and I forget some of the other things he was. He was a blacksmith in one life, and, you know, usually pretty medium kind of labor jobs in that lifetime, farmer several times, you know, fisherman several times in those 82 lives on different planets, different times, you know, around the universe, other galaxies, doesn't have necessarily be the Milky Way galaxy. How am I doing on time? About five more minutes. And about you, my friend, how many past lives do you think you have under your belt? I know this is pretty scary stuff to talk about, but all the war and killing going on, are you more afraid of that or some real spirituality like I talk about? You know, tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. I've said this many times. You know that. You know it. You're a co-creator God in the making, too. You know, one day you'll die, hopefully far into the future, because every day is a blessing, an opportunity to learn and do things, you know, to experience things. There's nothing to be for a radio show tonight. My wife and I are going to go to a Greek restaurant. It's just around the corner. And there'll be a lot of good people there. It's always very interesting. The food is great. My wife usually has the lamb shank. I always get the Mediterranean bowl. Which is pita bread, hummus, a little bit of tzatziki. I know that's got some dairy in it. I don't usually eat a lot of dairy. Like I said, I'm not 100% vegan. I do have a little bit of dairy now and then. Still about 99, at least 99.5% vegan. And then they always have a belly dancer who comes out, and I always slip a $10 bill or a $20 bill in her waist, you know, in her clothes. Music's always good. The fellowship is good. And that's what we'll be doing when I get off my radio show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm getting, I'll say my, start saying my goodbyes now. And I'll say a prayer. And I still got a couple minutes, but, and I will say a prayer, but I I just want to go back quickly to where we're going to vote for. And I'll say, God, you know, creator of the universe, mother and father God in heaven, who do you want us to vote for? For America and for the world. 
need to make the right choices, you know, because we're in this boat together. You know, we're all connected. We're all one. One love. I've got to see that movie. We were going to go see it tonight. Maybe we'll see how we feel. But we're going to watch that movie. One love. We are connected. You know, we are one. It's true. Don't be afraid of the truth. We're separate, yes. We live our separate lives. But we are human beings. All of our internal mechanisms, our organs and our brain, our lungs and miles of veins in our body. You walk by somebody on the street, they're just like you. They have all that also, you know. But enjoy the ride, my friends. Go to sleep tonight. Don't worry about anything. Rest well. You wake up tomorrow. You'll be refreshed and you won't worry. You'll be, all that fear will have gone away. Because why? Because we've got protection. We've got angels looking after us. We've got God, mother and father God. That's why when we dream, we go and we fresh, refresh our spirit, you know, we resolve any issues that we have in our lives. Things are going to be all right, no matter what happens, you know, but it really would behoove us to leave this planet loving each other. You know, love is the key. One love, you know. I know that people make money from these kinds of things, but what am I doing? I got, wow, one minute left. I'm close to one minute. So no matter who you vote for, just think about America. I mean, we should be pulling together as Americans, you know, whether you're a Republican Democrat. And what does that mean? Difference? I've talked about it on, I talked about it on the previous radio show. Abortion is the main thing, in my opinion, that divides us as a country. But what does God want? What does the mother and father God, what do they, what do they feel about abortion? Think about that. Yeah, I know women have been discriminated the same rights that men do. And I understand, you know, that's important for them to have equal rights, even though they might not agree that an unborn baby has rights to, you know, because we weren't aborted, right? We're living. Thank God, right? Anyway, so here's a prayer. One minute. I've got one minute left. You are awesome. You're omniscient. I love you. You know, yep. children, not necessarily uh, children, like your father and mother, you know, you are able to help us in this world, help us become one, help us to proliferate that one love. Love is the key. Help us. You are able to help us to do that. Please bless us all, everybody. Keep us safe and well, please. Amen. Goodbye, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.